When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another Tuesday, another Fenway Rundown. Welcome back to Mass Lives Red Sox podcast. I'm Chris Cotillo, your host. Chris Smith will be joining me in a minute as spring training winds down for the Red Sox. The final week of camp means that we're going to head back down. there. So tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning, we're going to be flying down to Fort Myers to bring you all the coverage you could possibly ask for from uh, the last week of camp. Obviously, some roster battles to be determined, some other logistics, starting rotation, lineup, injured list, all that type of stuff. So uh, the two-man operation will be setting sail uh, in the morning. But before that, wanted to uh, kind of check in on some Red Sox things that have gone on. World Baseball Classic will conclude tonight, USA versus Japan. Obviously, Masataka Yoshida has been a star. The Red Sox new left fielder has been one of the stars of that tournament. Chris and I are going to weigh in on that, you know, what the WBC means, and some predictions for the last week of camp. So um, not as action-packed, let's say, of an episode as we're used to, because uh, these are the dog days of spring training. and. Kind of the reason why we're doing them remotely, but uh, hope you uh, enjoy what we have to talk about this time. And next week, we'll be back with some uh, big picture season preview stuff. What's up, everybody? Uh, here with Chris Smith, as promised, we are back for another family rundown. Um, we are heading back to Port Myers tomorrow, our long-awaited return back to the fort for the end of camp. We have been home uh, for the last three weeks uh, and kind of watching from afar. I think there's been... Some Red Sox news here and there, generally kind of a, a light uh, load of stuff coming out of Fort Myers. Part of that's a lot of guys in the WBC. You know, part of that is um, just the kind of spring training gets mundane at a certain point. So looking forward to kind of rejoining things in progress tomorrow and then being there through the end of camp on Tuesday. And then obviously, you know, getting geared up for the regular season, which starts a week from Thursday at Fenway Park uh, back here in Boston. So it should be... Um, quite the stretch here you know a quick turnaround home game to start home stand and then we hit the open road as we like to say with smitty going to wonderful detroit in early april i get i get the dome games in tampa so that's a win for team Cotillo. um we'll, we'll start here chris you know we've been i think home for three weeks almost exactly um from afar whether it be wbc whether it be what red Sox related whatever it is what do you think your biggest takeaways are wow um, they're going to have a uh, kind of a makeshift uh, rotation to begin the year. That's one. I mean, like, yeah. and it's funny. I was thinking about this, like, you know, Cutter Crawford looked good for a long stretch of last year, um, <clears throat> a lengthy stretch of last year, 10 games or whatever. He was, as I call, uh, or as I wrote in the headline, is he their race or whatever? Yep. I mean, he was pitching like the race at that point. And, uh, you know, he's going to start the year in the rotation because of injuries and stuff like that, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, or, or Winkowski. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Winkowski, but I think it's going to be Crawford. He's kind of set his, um, I think Maloney said it on the game the other day. He's kind of set himself apart from the other, you know, young pitchers and that he's, you know, he looks good. I mean, he looks good. And, um, and so, you know, what if he keeps pitching well, you know, do they stick it with him in the rotation, even when some guys are back or, or what's mm-hmm. his role look like out of the bullpen? And then, 
you know, so it's going to be interesting at the beginning of the year with some of these injuries uh, to people. It should be interesting here late in camp with, you know, does Bobby Dahlbeck make the team? Um, you know, Yu Chang. I mean, Yu Chang's going to come on Thursday. We have we will have spent like two more weeks total than Yu Chang at right. spring training. That's true. I mean, he was the pool D MVP, but I think it was pool A, but yeah. <laughs> pool A, whatever. Right. One of the pools. Um, you know, but did that cause him to maybe, you know, he has his visa issue now, he's not gonna be there till Thursday. Does that cause him like six days to prove that he should be on the big league roster? And, you know, while Dahlbeck's been there hitting the whole time. So, you know, that's interesting. I find what Yoshida's done in, you know, uh, the WBC for Japan interesting. I mean, nine for 19, a whole a couple home runs, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, one last uh, already, the, uh, already the RBI record for the WBC. Yeah, 13. 13 and, mm-hmm. um you know, uh, again, as I wrote earlier in the spring, you know, like uh, this guy doesn't, you know, he he walks and he doesn't strike out. He has three walks and zero strikeouts in the tournament. Um, and, you know, the whole thing about like he'll be the cleanup hitter and how interesting that that will unfold, you know, kind of uh, core went over the other day. Like, you know, it's likely that Devers will bat second and Turner will bat third and, um, you know, that, that Yoshida will bat cleanup. And, you know, that's it. It's interesting, you know, like stats has pointed it out, Red Sox stats and a um, couple other people like, you know, stats is, oh, I think they might go with Tristan, you know, Casas as the leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. Or that's where he should be. And, you know, I commented and I'm like, well, maybe he should be down in the lineup to start the year, you know, and then once he's once he's hitting, you know, once he's comfortable, then put him up there. But, you know, Chris Hatfield then replied to me and said, well, you know, if they've been doing it all like they were, they've been hitting him at the top of the lineup in spring training lineups, all spring training, right. even before these guys left for the WPC. So it, it appears that this will be the case. So, you know, if you look at a top of the lineup with, you know, Tristan, um, Devers, Turner, Yoshida, those guys are really patient at the plate. I mean, Turner and Yoshida, both are guys that, you know, walk a ton. And we, we saw that with you know, Tristan last year was his ability to draw walks and, and have long bats and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think that, I think that, um, you know, that's, that's something. And then the, the last thing is just the quickness of the games. I think that mm-hmm. no one's interested in the media, but this could help us actually rest a little bit this year, you know, because there's, you know, we're there to like one or two, you know, some right. nights. And so it's like, you know, we'll actually get home at a reasonable hour. And if it's a day game the next day, we won't be walking around like zombies and we'll actually have good stories maybe. So it's like, you know, I think everybody's going to, uh, um, you know, have, I mean, the players are going to be more fresh. Right. <laughs> you know, when yeah. they go home and sleep earlier. So. And I think the thing that's really, and that's, this is where I want to talk start because, you know, you, after your takeaways, you gave like nine, which is good. That's what we wanted. But, um, I couldn't even he, think of one to begin with. I yeah, was like, I mean, oh, once well, you start rolling, you never stop. <laughs> I was waiting. It was going to be a solo pod. Um, you kind of see the difference in the games with just how long the WBC games are, right? Like, don't the WBC games feel like they're, you know, taking a long time when they're over three hours, whatever? Um, I do want to start there. You mentioned it with Yoshida. You mentioned Yu Chang. Um, I think Verdugo's had a pretty good tournament. And we've seen some other Red Sox guys. I know Dever struggled and they didn't, you know, do what they wanted to as a team. Um, what are your thoughts 
on the whole WBC product? Is it something that interests you? Is it something that's captured your attention? I mean, I have some takes on this. Uh, I know baseball Twitter has been, you know, kind of divided, especially in the wake of Edwin Diaz getting hurt and Altuve getting hurt and all that stuff. But um curious at where you stand on all that. Yeah. So well, how I stand on this is, is that I, I appreciate it as a tournament that, you know, there's a lot of passion for, and I think it's a, a great tournament that, you know, like Japan and, you know, um, you know, Mexico and, and these Latin countries, you know, they, they love baseball and this means, you know, the world to them that, you know, these, some of these guys are going out there and saying that they'd rather, you know, win a WBC title, you know, than win a world series, which mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I can't see, I guess, <laughs> you know, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't watched like more than five minutes just because, you know, I, it's not that I don't have any interest. It's just the, you know, like I, I'm on a different schedule when I'm home and there's no Red Sox games right? because of kids. And so, but if there was something that was extremely interesting to me, then I would watch it. So I would stay home, even though the, you know, I had to be up early with the kids. I mean, I would, I would watch it stay up if I was home with the kids. So I don't find this tournament very um, interesting, but you know, the atmospheres have been awesome. I can see why um, people would take offense to a comment like, you know, Keith Oberman made, like, right. you know, the tweet that he had. And, you know, in um, because it's not just where their grandparents were born, we'll say that, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, these guys live there, you know. Like, these yeah. guys all go back to their countries. Um, you know, the, the Latin players especially. I mean, they love the Dominican Republic. We saw... You know, Xander Bogarts goes to Aruba every off season. I mean, they love their countries, and it's not just a thing about like you know. I mean, sometimes it is. I mean, you know, like there's some players that you're like, wait a minute, they're playing for that team. But right. you know, otherwise, I think it is a good tournament, and it captures. It's there's a lot of excitement. It captures the, you know, the fan interest, especially internationally. I don't think it's it, it captures it as much with the United States. And maybe that's too, because I'm just thinking of this, like, you know, soccer isn't like humongous, like, or the success of soccer isn't humongous in the United States, where mm. as it is in other countries and, you know, the world cup means so much to everybody, you know what I mean? And, and so the other countries, you know, think so much of the world cup and the United States doesn't in a way as much probably because their team doesn't go that far. I mean, well, if their team was going right. that far, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it is a good way to lead up to the season, um, you know, to get some excitement too about the season. And um, Will Middlebert, I think, tweeted something about it today. It was like, you know, like the this is the time that the, um, you know, this is the time that the players want it in, at this time of year and not like after the season when, you know, they're, they're all dragging. Past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also see, you know, the other side of it where these guys are getting paid you know, millions of dollars and you've got guys that are not only getting injured right now, um, you know, El Tuve and, and um, Eddie yeah. mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I think Freeman got, did Freeman get injured? I, I yeah. Not, much more minor, but yeah. Whatever. You know what I mean? I am. Yeah. So, but also the, the, the pitching staff, you're, you're going full force right now. Like, you know, the pitchers and, you know, how are they going to be, you know, <laughs> 
you know, I said that with Nick Pavetta. It was a good thing that he pulled out or, you know, um, mm. because of, you know, his COVID situation and all that. Because, you know, once you get to the, you know, the July, August, September, I mean, you know, we've seen guys wear down at that point. And, you know, an extra couple of starts at the beginning of the year where they're throwing, you know, like crazy and throwing, you know, at, at this time of year when you wouldn't be doing that, you'd just be working on, you know, simple pitches and just trying to work on some things at spring training, you know, that could affect them and cause injuries later in the year. So, you know, I could see all sides of this. Um, and I don't know. What do you I think? think? The, yeah. I mean, my, my thing is, I think it shows baseball at its absolute best, right? The passion is October plus, you know, I think guys who said this is like, the postseason on steroids. I think, you know, the Kike said that something like our game against the Dominican was like the wild card game on steroids, you know, lose a loser goes home. Um, all that type of stuff we've seen, you know, obviously the atmospheres in Miami, especially for some of those countries in that pool were unbelievable. Um, you know, we're recording this right before the final U S Japan, you know, we'll see what, how that is. Um, I, I think, you know, in terms of, is it good for baseball? Yeah. I, I wish that it kind of captured more of the imagination in um this time of year i mean look we we do this for a living we cover baseball um and so we sometimes tend to find our escapes and other things with both of us it's college hoops and so like this this weekend despite neither of our teams being in it in carolina and syracuse like i was watching a lot of march madness i was like oh yeah the wbc's on too that's just kind of how i'm wired kind of a separating you know work and escape type of thing but when i've watched the games i've been like you know pretty impressed with you know, just the passion. I mean, you saw even, you know, the U.S. team and some guys that we've seen. I think that that more than the fans has been telling to me, like some of the guys that we know are extremely stoic or not your heart on the sleeve type of guy. Like we cover Mookie Betts, right? We know how he is. Mike Trout, we haven't covered, but you see him as kind of a robot from afar. I mean, these guys are going absolutely nuts after that Trey Turner home run the other night. You know, they're all mobbing the field and like, you know, I'm not saying that you can do that over 162 games and bring that energy on April 5th when it's freezing and you're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates or whatever. But, um, you know, it, it's good to see kind of this is what what the game can can peak at. Um, the other thing I, I will say on this is I think it's been an excellent World Baseball Classic for the Red Sox for two reasons. Number one, guys have gotten hurt. Their guys have not gotten hurt. That's the big fear everybody has. The Mets you just paid Edwin Diaz more than $100 million and they're going to lose him for a season. Altuve is probably going to be out a couple of months for a contending team. You know, the Red Sox didn't have any of those things happen. Also, we've seen the Red Sox guys perform. We talked about Yoshida to have him, you know, it's not in a Red Sox uniform, right? So you can't look at it as a win for Heim Bloom. But this guy to show up on the big stage and play this well, I think, bodes really well. And it shows you that he's going to be ready for next week. He's going to be, you know, ready to go and, you know, ready to hit. Obviously, the circumstances are different. There's going to be an adjustment period, all that type of stuff. Um, but even, you know, a guy like Chang playing well or a guy like Verdugo had some big moments from Mexico, Kike for Puerto Rico, like to have those guys be around the winning culture, even in March, like it kind of, you know, and they're coming from a few different ones, right? And Japan with Yoshida and Puerto Rico for Kike Verdugo with Mexico. Like, I think the Red Sox guys have shown up and played pretty well. Um and that's, as I said, with Devers not really having a good tournament. So Red Sox-wise, I think it's been a positive couple of weeks. I think, you know, baseball-wise, nationally, the biggest story coming out of it is the Edwin Diaz thing. I think secondary is just kind of, you know, how much passion you're seeing from these teams. There is kind of an interesting thought about could they do it in the middle of the season? Could they 
prolong the all-star break and do that. I don't know if that would work, you know, take like a hockey style Olympic break. You know, I think teams are probably going to be even more scared of doing it then than doing it now because, you know, you're breaking guys out of the routine in the middle of the season. The reality is there's no good time for it. Right. And, you know, is there, a, there's no good time for major league teams to approve it or players to do it. Is there a better time for it to capture the imaginations of sports fans around the world? I'd say the summer probably would be because baseball owns the summer and, March is, you know, a college hoops t- uh, time and all that stuff. Um, but you know, I think it's been kind of interesting uh, to watch from afar. Well, we'll pivot now to um, the Red Sox roster battles, because I think this is something you mentioned as we talked about Yu Chang and Alfaro, another guy who was in the tournament and all these things. I, I kind of, uh, I'll start by saying I kind of disagree with you on the Yu Chang thing and in and, and the same way Alfaro and all these guys who kind of have a limited window to show they're ready for the major league roster, like, Yu Chang against great competition was lighting it up in the WBC. He looks ready to play, right? Like that's yeah. when you put more stock into that than if he was lighting up grapefruit league play and at you know one PM every day in front of eight thousand people. Yes. However, how many major leaguers is he going against in the World Baseball Classic? How many major leaguers are you going against in Sarasota in, on Tuesday? Exactly. So I'm saying, what's you know the difference? I mean, I, I probably probably it. more is the answer, but in the yeah. WBC. Lights yeah, are brighter. Okay. Lights are brighter. Okay. Yeah, the lights are brighter. Um, so that's one of the positional battles I want to talk about. Um, you know, I think there's twenty. There's, uh, I, I, I don't think I know. There's twenty six spots available. There's probably there 20, is. Yeah, wow. Twenty six man roster now. Yes, that's right. When did that think, change? Three I years think the, ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think the I think about twenty of them are settled. Um, and you know, you're looking at I think now seven guys are going to be on the IL to start the year. Dory and Mondesi. Uh, Bayo, Whitlock, short stints, but they'll be there to start the year. Paxton, probably about a month or, or maybe a little longer. He's just getting back to throwing. Obviously, Jolie Rodriguez goes down over the weekend. Connor Wong probably starts the year on the IL, though I guess there's a chance he could push. Um, so you know, there are there are spots that you can you can you know give out. Um, we've talked about this before. We talked about it last week with Matt Votor in the mailbag. Two non-roster invitees who um, are very interesting candidates to make the team. Those decisions have to be made this week. Your prediction on does Jorge Alfaro get a roster spot and does Rymel Tapia get a roster spot? And uh, who are the casualties if those things happen? Yeah, so I think your reporting, you know, was very good in the upward mobility clause of, of, you know, Alfaro. And that, you know, it makes sense he would probably get another major league opportunity elsewhere. And so it makes sense to to start him off on the roster with, you know, Reese McGuire and see what he can do, especially with long, you know, potentially starting the year off and, you know, on the IL and, you know, I mean, he could use some more work in, in triple a too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think he makes the team. Um, now Tapia. Um, he has who, an opt out too. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and he's played very well. Obviously, it's grapefruit league competition, as I've said many times. You know, like, um, you know, Bobby Dahlback tore up, you know, the grapefruit league last year, and then he didn't have a good season. However, mm-hmm. Sam Travis it, did every year. Yeah. However, when you're battling for a position, it is important to have good stats, right? And mm-hmm. show that you're playing well. And I think, you know, Toppy is a guy that, um, you know, he said that he was surprised he didn't get a, a major league contract. And, you know, maybe he's right. Like, you know, he is a good fourth 
outfielder type. Right. And so, um, yeah, I would I would think that he would win it over, you know, Duran. I think obviously, um, you know, so they'll go with um, they could go with five outfielders. You know, with, yeah. With well, there's there's no way they're going with there's no way that he doesn't make the team, right? So it have to yeah. be five. Yeah. So um, and that yeah. so that that makes me feel that's why I think Chang is an important piece because he's just got so much defensive versatility. I think he can play, you know, all four spots. And if they feel covered enough in the infield with him, TK, Arroyo, eventually, you know, Mondesi, eventually Story. Like, that to me is why, you know, you can put Dahlbeck all you want at shortstop in spring training. I mean, you're still going to feel yeah, better no. with a guy like Yu Chang there. Yeah, I mean, totally. I, yeah, you're you're right about that. And, um, you know, I, it's, it stinks for Bobby Dahlbeck because, you know, there there have been guys that have a down years and, and you know, uh, early in their careers and ebbs and flows and stuff. And, and you know, they've been able to get over it. I, you know, so, um, you know, it's tough for him, but he'll probably start the year at Worcester. Uh, I think it makes sense. I mean, yeah, you're not going like you're not going to be able to, um, you know, rely on Bobby Dahlbeck to play, to make starts at shortstop or second base if you need it. And so, yeah, so I I would definitely say that for that reason that, um, you know, that that makes sense and that um, Chang will will make the team. That's, and the big reason here is, you know, it's like a use it or lose it timeout in basketball. There are guys that if you do not put on the roster right now, you will lose to other organizations. Those guys are uh, Chang, does not have options. He's on your 40-man roster. Um, Alfaro, Tapia. Those three guys could be, you know, if they are off the roster, then they are going to be picked up. If you have Duran or you have uh, Dahlbeck optioned, then, you know, I think uh, you can obviously um, pretty easily just keep them in AAA. Is that satisfactory for the player? Is it satisfactory for his agent? No, but the Red Sox put it this way. These guys are not burning a hole in our pocket, right? Like we'll see where things go. There are some roster kind of moves and manipulation things that need to happen uh, to get these guys on the roster. Uh, if, if it happens, especially with, you know, Tapia and Alfaro, Chang's already on the 40 man roster. Uh, Jolie Rodriguez getting hurt this week means that a third non-roster invitee, you know, this is not the, the most exciting podcast talk, but there's a lefty reliever, non, non-roster non guy, you know, whether it be Ryan Sheriff, whether it be Mosqueda, somebody like that, who might be added to the roster. They might need up to three spots, uh, up to three 40-man roster spots in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, Matt and I talked about this a little bit last week. If there's some guys they can put on the 60-day IL, which rules them out for the first couple months, whether that be Jolie Rodriguez, if that's that's that serious, if it's Willie or Abreu, if his injury is serious, we haven't heard much on him. I know they're hesitant to do that with prospects, but whatever. Um, if Mondesi is not going to be back before June 1st, which at this point, who knows? Those are some spots, but otherwise you're going to need to make some cuts. Last week we talked about, Matt and I talked about Dahlbeck and Ort. I mean, who are you DFAing at this point at the end of spring if you want to get Alfaro and Tapia or maybe a lefty on the roster and need a spot? Well, I think Abreu makes sense in that he'll go on the 60-day IL. Um, you know, we we really haven't heard anything about him. And, and when Cora spoke after the injury, he said it's going to be a, a while or something to that effect. So um, that opens up one roster spot right there. Um, you know, we'll see with Mondesi. I mean, he's not going to play in any spring training games. And so, um, you know, 
we'll see with that. That could open up another rest spot, as you said. Uh, in terms of like other guys, um, you know, to DFA to open up spots, you know, it's tough because they 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 you know you look at Caleb Board and he was a guy that they they wanted to maintain or to to keep over a guy like Matt Barnes, and it's like you know or Brazier. You know, Ian Brazier's had a horrible spring. And Ward has too. And so, you know, like there's, um, you know, that like in, you know, Shriver's had a bad spring training too. I mean, not that they they would DFA him, but I'm just saying there's, there's a lot of relievers that have actually struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you, you know, you, you, you looked at these guys and you, you know, you, you looked at the analytics and you, you know, you projected that these guys could have success in the majors and that's, that's why they wanted to keep, you know, Ort and Brazier because these, you know, the, you know, some of the advanced stuff, you know, show what they can do if they, you know, do, you know, do things a certain way. And so, you know, it's difficult now to, to cut ties with them after you, you, you know, cut ties with, I feel like more important players over the offseason. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we've gone through that list before, not just, but if you have to, you have to, right. No, right. <laughs> not just veteran guys like Barnes or Hosmer, but some intriguing young guys and Herman and, downs and be bold in those types too so i mean these are decisions that are going to have to be made i think you know the pretty safely think that you know alfaro and tapia i think probably will make it but we'll we'll kind of wrap with this like as we head down there the most important thing i think in the last week of spring training is setting the roster right i think as we just talked about there are those questions is there anything else you're looking forward to to seeing how they're going to do things is there any kind of you know, off the wall storyline you're looking at here is kind of being important in the next six, seven days. Not really. I mean, I think that, you know, it should be interesting, um, <clears throat> you know, just to, just to see how I had something in mind here. Well, first of all, I want to see, you know, I, I'm very interested in just seeing how, you know, Tristan Casas looks at the beginning of the year, <laughs> you know, and, and how Yoshida looks coming back at the beginning of the year. If some of these guys struggle, like, you know, you got to be patient with them and stuff like that. Um, in, in terms of like down the stretch here, like is spring training, you know, long relievers, uh, you know, who's going to be on the roster in terms of mm-hmm. reliever spots? You, you know, Cora said the other day that, you know, he named those two left-handers that you mentioned uh, as guys who could replace Jolie Rodriguez on the roster. However, he also said they could go with an extra long man. So it should be interesting to see who makes the roster. Winkowski, as you said, is a candidate to be a starter. Uh, yeah, with, and, with and on that, like, those guys are on the 40-man roster. It kind of makes me think, like, they're just going to do that instead of trying to add Sheriff and you have to DFA somebody, you know? like Yeah, so, like... so like, with, with Winkowski, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, just, you know, make him the long reliever. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're down to one lefty then, but, you know... He, you do what you got to do, I guess, to keep guys that you like. And so, right. um, but when you be... have, when you have Jansen and Schreiber and Martin, and those guys, I mean, does it matter as much, right? Like <laughs> you, I mean, you have elite guys at the back end, no matter what. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got guys that can handle left-handed batters as, right. as much as right-handed. So, you know, like, yeah, I agree with that. And I think Witkowski is one guy that, you know, probably make the, the T I would think he'd make the team as a long reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pitched really well at spring training. They like his stuff. They, they says ticked up since last, last year in terms of movement and different things like that. And so, um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I think that, uh, he'll make the team. Well, there you go. Spring training part two begins for the mass live crew 
tomorrow in Fort Myers. We'll obviously have everything covered um, and some big changes coming to the podcast. We will be talking about uh, next time as well, where, uh, you know, I think the next time we'll talk, we'll be doing our predictions for 2023. So, uh, you know, in that vein, Smith, you'll have to uh, study up in the next week and make sure you get your hot takes all, right. all out of the way. Corey Kluber's the Cy Young. Yeah, I did that. You got to repeat well, that one. Well, let me, let me just defend myself on that one. So he Go was ahead. coming, this was a couple of years ago, right? Like he was coming off, it was his first year with the Yankees, right? Yeah, his only year with the Yankees. His only year with the Yankees. Then he went to Tampa. Okay, so mm-hmm. it was his first year with the Yankees. He was coming off, you know, what was it? He didn't pitch in 2020. Right. Uh, 20. He had one start, I think, in 2020. And you look at it, and this is a guy that was consistently in the Cy Young voting, you know, for the for the seven years prior. He was a two-time Cy Young Award winner. And so, you know, like, would anybody have said, like, that, you know, Justin Verlander just won the Cy Young after he missed an entire season with Tommy John? Is Is there a difference there? No, and you know what? We'll close with this. I mean, can I, can a guy not come back from a, a massive injury that's already won two Cy Youngs and then dominant in his year back? No, because we're yes, about because to, we're about to find out. Verlander, that. Verlander did it. So, like you know, I mean, I, that's what I was thinking on that one. I still, I, I still stand by that, even though he he wasn't good. And you know, I don't, <laughs> I, I hesitate to bring this up because. Like we give you so much crap two years later for that Cy Young pick of Corey Kluber in 2021. My pick last year was Jose Barrios. And if you look at the year he had, he led the league in hits and earned runs. So uh, yes. 12, and, 12 and 7 with a 5 2 3 ERA, 199 hits and 172 innings, which is unbelievable, and 100 earned runs in 172 innings. I mean, I guess he took the ball every five days. Uh, ERA plus of 74, down 50 points from the year before, somehow. 455 wow. FIP, whip. One Who is point mine? Eight. Do you know? I don't. I don't have that in front of me. But I know that mine was historically awful. So when we come back next week and we do predictions, we're going to be better than that. That's Chris Smith. I'm Chris Cattell. Like I said, we'll have you all covered from Fort Myers uh, starting again tomorrow.